They called us monsters, so monsters we became. We are Monsters Out of the Closet. Hello, this is Shreya, and I am interviewing Mason Brubaker, the author of the piece The Well, which was in our second episode, Roots. Mason is an author of fiction and occasionally poetry, and I'm here to talk to you about her her work and her inspiration for writing horror. Uh, so hello, Mason. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hi. Hi. So let's start with the well itself. Where did you get the idea for this setting in Ireland uh, where we have this sort of family lineage tied to the well and the monster in it? Well, uh, first of all, I, I'm actually a pagan witch, so I'm very um, in touch with magic mythologies, particularly over in Ireland. I have a lot of um, heritage over there. Growing up, I was always super interested in uh, kind of that original dark fey lore. So that's mostly where the uh, inspiration came from. It's just kind of been always something I've been pretty well versed in. Fantastic. And you mentioned that you also have heritage in Ireland and in this tradition, uh, which I think ties in really well with our episode theme of roots. Um, mm-hmm. And as well as in the story, you have this family lineage of witches. Can you speak a little bit about what heritage means to you uh, within this mythology? My family, that my my personal family, they are not pagan witches, but uh, we do like to talk a lot about my Irish ancestors and kind of the original Celtic tribes, both on my father and my mother's side. It's kind of deep in there as well as a little bit of Scotland that kind of goes back to the original tribes back there as well. Um, does this idea of having uh, magic, especially tied to a certain place and a certain creature passed down. How does that appeal to you? How did that lead to you writing this particular piece? Well, magic is so old, <laughs> just yeah. in general, yeah. for, for anyone, whether or not they come from that place of, uh, from Ireland. You know, magic is kind of, for myself personally, it's kind of everywhere. Um, and I felt it very strongly in Ireland. I'm also an empath, so I'm very connected to like the earth and energy. And when I went there, it was like this strange feeling of being immediately home. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, this concept of heritage kind of wherever you feel like you fit in, magic kind of does that for everyone. And, you know, in the case of the well, sometimes that's not great. <laughs> True. Uh, sometimes it is something that you would hope to fight against. Sure. And you know, sure. in 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 uh, real life, uh, you don't always have to follow your heritage. You can do, you can create your own. You know, you can kind of find your community elsewhere. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be this like really sad dark ending. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think that that means a lot for uh, our community, our LGBTQ plus listeners. This idea Absolutely. that not. Not only is heritage something which we can have a complicated relationship with, but mm-hmm. something that we can also, you know, navigate and create on our own. And I think that you bring that up beautifully, that um, sort of difficult navigation that we have to do between this is where we come from, but it's not always of safety. Right. Um, in the well, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and coming from being a queer woman myself, uh, it's like, you know, our community is where we can find that connection 
and True. really be there to support each other and, and build our own kind of tradition and heritage within that family, you know. That's really, really well said. And I totally agree with that yeah, as a queer you. woman yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, to, to reinvent means a lot. To yeah, a lot absolutely. Um, another thing that I want to touch on is clearly horror is a present in your story as a way of making heritage and home, uh, you know, more complex. But mm-hmm. I also wanted to talk to you about where horror elements come in to your your practice and your identity within the pagan faith. Um, mm-hmm. How do you how do you sort of balance uh, this this practice that you have? Uh, you know, in real life versus these elements of horror that are creeping into your story. Right. Um, well, first of all, for me, like being an empath, it's very important to have like a very positive energy like around myself. And mm-hmm. like as far as keeping boundaries are extremely important. That is something that like when I found out that I was an empath, it was very important for me to be like, oh, in my practices, I need to be very aware of my energetic boundaries and everyone else's energetic boundaries. So making sure that you kind of like, and you know, I try to hold no judgment for other people in my uh, practice who like to go on the darker side of things just because, you know, as long as you are not using it to necessarily physically harm anyone, (laughs) like Uh uh, then um, I feel like, you know, magic is a is a tool that can be used but mm-hmm. for myself personally i try and keep myself well balanced both in like mind and energy uh and as far as horror goes in that uh i find it kind of funny very recently i have um been interacting with a gentleman who he's a customer of my work mm-hmm. who he found out that i was a pagan witch and he is now actually afraid of me he, um, like, he very genuinely is, like, when he comes in, his energy, he sees me, his energy goes all whack. Like, he is very uh, <laughs> uncomfortable around me and, and is consistently asking me about, like, questions. Like, he's like, well, have you cursed anyone lately? And I remember that was the last mm-hmm. question he asked me. I kind of squinted and looked at him and I was like, no, but, like, <laughs> I, ha- I maybe, like, once or twice in the past, I was like, you do know that, like, being a pagan witch in modern times isn't like you can be whatever that person wants it to be i'm like it doesn't it's not an inherently negative thing so mm-hmm. i feel like as far as inserting that into my writing there's this kind of balance between how the world views it and then how i view it and kind of intermingling that into my writing and the perspective that i want to kind of portray Interesting. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense to, to bring what's happening in the world into our writing. And that's why, mm-hmm. uh, LGBTQ plus people are often drawn to horror partially because they see, you know, either, uh, warped reflections of themselves in the mm-hmm. genre or they feel that they, they have an entry point into the genre to, to speak about their own experiences. Um, do you get that sense that you're you're able to speak about multiple facets of your identity through horror or through fiction in a way that you aren't through other avenues? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I typically uh, I would say that I don't write horror often. I would say that it's something that I do find myself dabbling in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, my fantasy would be considered probably like a dark fantasy. But the nice thing about fiction about fantasy is that you can create a world where anything happens and where anyone right. can be whoever they want to be. 
even furthering that with horror, like sometimes typically when I write horror, it is because I am in a certain mood, probably because, you know, I have feelings of like monstrous feelings, I would say. Not necessarily exactly in, in comparison to my, uh, my sexuality, but in comparison just to my life, who I am. In fact, often, uh, I have a lot of like dog imagery in my work, in my other work, um, huh. where like fl- the flashing of teeth of, and like the baring of teeth is a very like strong imagery. So mm. it is that kind of like when you are feeling that rage about, your outside world and if you want to portray it in a very scary or a very eerie way because that is how you feel like that emotion needs to come out you can use monstrous imagery and horror imagery to really like emotionally release right yeah and i i think i agree a lot uh, agree a lot with that this idea that fiction is a way is a means of catharsis absolutely for us to to let our uglier sides out (laughs) in a way and and sort of air out all of that feeling, um, and then be able to return to our lives. <laughs> right, <bit>. yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I want to talk about is sort of your place in the community um, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, do you feel like you are connected with the LGBTQ plus community in general? Do you mm-hmm. think that, you know, writing in fiction um, or, you know, adhering to paganism connects you more or less? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you feel the intersection? Well, um, the pagan community, like the, so I live in Austin, Texas right now. Um, Uh we actually have a, uh, the Austin witches circle. When you go to like any of their witch markets, which are actually like every Sunday, there's a witch market, um, where you can go and buy stuff and hang out with witchy people. It's like, there are so many queer folks there. It really actually (laughs) is a pretty like intersectional community where it's like, um, we are all just kind of there to support each other in the um, time that we're in. And as well as if you go like on their Facebook page, there's like so many people talking about really important current issues in the world and how we can, um, you know, raise money to fight against it or what we can do to um, support the people who need support. And um, so I find that, well, I myself have a harder time. Like, I'm a homebody, so I like to stay uh-huh. at home. And I do consider myself a hedge witch. So, like, I'm actually not uh, – and a hedge witch is a witch who practices her work on her own. I'm a pretty solitary uh-huh. person. But despite that, like, solitariness that I like to have for myself, the if I were to go to an event, uh, whether or not I was going to a pride parade or whether or not I was going to, you know, like, queer night at the comic book shop, um uh-huh. or going to a witch market it's like I, anywhere any any places i go there i immediately i'm like oh okay i'm still a part of this like <laughs> like despite the <laughs> fact that i like to kind of live on my own and be like kind of on my own little in my little area it's really nice to know that it is still there for you if you need it um and it's kind Absolutely. of both communities all these communities uh, especially like going into the witch community with those queer groups it's like ah oh, yes they, you welcome me with open arms like even though i've disappeared for <laughs> a few months i've come back don't worry like <laughs> um and so yeah i think that that's um a really cool and important thing about all these different communities that i've been talking about is that no matter what you do um and where you go 
you're going to find some of us around and very, very typically it'll be, we'll all be very welcoming to each other. Right. I think this also circles nicely back to that idea of roots and creating our own heritage. Absolutely. Our our new traditions, right? Is this idea of you're able to come home to a Mm -hmm. community that you're able to participate in in a different way than your blood family. Exactly. Um, um, okay, so just to wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Um, yeah, you know, I've been writing for a very long time. It's been a very interesting path that I've, I've chosen as far as being a queer writer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because reading and trying to get inspiration from other books is always hard. Um, right. when there's not a whole lot of, uh, queer novels out there. So lately I've been trying to like really dig in and make sure that um, a lot of my stuff has intersectional feminism, intersectional uh, queer representation. So if you are looking for that and would like to find any of that, I actually have a, um, a novella online called The Meritriptych, and uh, it has a bunch of representation from, like, queer folks. I tried to include um, the main, one of the main characters is asexual and, like, uh, each character kind of has their own little spot in the story where I was like, I would just like to have something that people could read and be like, oh, there I am, you know, like. Right, right. And, That's and so important to, for some yeah, of us. And be able to draw that kind of inspiration from that even, because I know that as a writer, you do draw inspiration from what you read. And I find that very important to like continue that cycle. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And if you send us the link for that, our listeners will be available to access links to Mason's work uh, through our website and our Tumblr. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mason. Yeah, thank uh, it's you. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Uh, you're literally keeping us afloat through the work <laughs> that you do in your community and in the fictional world. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you, Mason. All right. Bye-bye. You just heard producer Shreya Venkantesh in conversation with author Mason Brubaker of iTooth Fiction. If you enjoyed this interview, consider subscribing to Monsters Out of the Closet, a new LGBTQ plus horror fiction podcast. Our next full fiction episode, Endings, will air December 29th. Our January episode is centered around the theme of fate, and we are accepting submissions through December 31st. Visit our website, monstersoutofthecloset.com, for more details on our submit page. Thanks so much for listening.